This is Marriage is Our Ministry's Candid Conversations, where topics surrounding marriage and family are discussed with a very open and honest dialogue. So sit back, relax, and let's talk. Here are your hosts, Oliver and Denise Marcel. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Candid Conversations. This is a podcast where we have candid conversations about everything, marriage and relationships and family and everything that you can think of that surrounds that. And our goal is that you would listen and then have a candid conversation in your home and with your spouse as well. I'm Oliver. And I'm Denise. It's so good to have you across from me. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. Uh, If you have not Listen to the other episodes. We urge that you listen to the other episodes. Uh, Some very good information, some great episodes, and we want you to be connected with us and with the information. This episode is no different, and I say that every time, but every time it's a great episode. This episode, we have Marlene Harris. Hello. That's my sister, guys. Hello. And Marlene Harris is a certified crisis counselor. And we're going to get into a very serious discussion, a very serious conversation today uh, surrounding the issue of domestic violence. Mm -hmm. But before we jump into that, babe, you want to pray? Yeah, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much um, for another opportunity once again to be used as the vessels through which you speak. We pray that everything that is spoken today will touch um, hearts, will spark conversation, will inspire people, will give people ideas, and will encourage people. We just pray that your spirit will be felt. We pray that those people that need The assistants will be encouraged to get the assistance that they need after listening to this podcast. You know it's very near and dear to my heart. So I thank you for my sister who is here to give us um, some very valuable information. And I just pray, Lord God, that it will reach the people that it needs to reach. And we thank you and we bless your name. Amen. Amen. Now, if you guys did not catch it, we have family. Yes, we do. With us. As guests, this is my sister, my my wife's sister. So we are very glad to have Mm -hmm. you uh, on the podcast uh, with us this episode. Thank you. So let's let's jump right in. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Well, work per diem with women who have been abused, uh, domestic violence. And it's close subject to my heart. Mm-hmm. I've experienced it myself, and therefore I am now giving back. Mm-hmm. After being healed, God is good. Mm-hmm. I can now share my experiences with other victims and also provide information, support, counseling, resources through the work that I do. I also facilitate a support group as well, once a week. And it is, it's, it's amazing to see what God can do to the lives of these women by empowerment, by getting them to believe in themselves again. Mm, yeah. It's amazing. That's wow. key. That's Empowering them to believe in themselves again. Mm-hmm. That's key. So you, you gave us some information 
um, in preparation for this episode. And I was looking through some of the information and, and there's some things that we're going to talk about, but some things jumped out at me, some of the national statistics uh, yep. that you sent. Yep. And what one that jumped out at me is one in three women and one in four men have been victims of some form of physical violence mm-hmm. uh, within their lifetime. And Absolutely. that is, that's amazing to me because I, I work in, I do some computer work for a company that has uh, six buildings on campus. And in those six buildings are probably upwards of 3,500 people. Mm. And right. so one out of three. So if I, every third person I count wow. has encountered something, yep. you know, mm. of that magnitude, that just blew me away. Yeah. It's amazing um, because if you, th- if knowing those statistics, mm. you're looking around you knowing right. that a multitude of people have been victimized Mercy. and they are either, uh, they're either victims still mm-hmm. or they're survivors like myself. Right. I call yeah, myself a survivor so. because I am a survivor. That's right. So yeah. these people are either walking around with that burden. Mm. Some people it takes years to get out of it. And some people are in process. Mm-hmm. And some people never leave. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, like the person that was on the Periscope that we, me and Ollie did a periscope, and she said that she has endured it for 27 years. Not unusual. Wow. Not, Not unusual? unusual? Not unusual. We do, there are, I should say, women who, they've endured it for more than 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I tell women, there's a breaking point for everyone. And some people get to the breaking point quicker or shorter at a shorter time than others. Than others. Wow. Amazing. But everyone does have a breaking point. Amazing. When she said that, I thought about myself and how, you know, my experience was, I don't know, maybe five, between five to ten years, but not, Yeah. I'd say at the most 10 years, but probably not that long. So I'm thinking 27 years. And she said, what did she say? She said that she just held it in, I guess, her emotions or how she feels. Right. And, you know, I can't. Unusual. That's amazing to me that that you're saying that that's not unusual. Because there is this, uh, the facade that some women like to hold it together and right. make it its roses, all roses on the outside. Mm. But on the inside, they are falling apart. Oh, amazing. And it's all to do with stigma and, you know, what society says a family should look like. Right. From mm. the outside, they want to maintain that look. Right. Until the breaking point. Mm, mm, mm. That's a great point that you brought up. And, 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 We'll, that'll probably come up again when we talk about some of the resources. But you said that because of the way society paints the picture of family and relationships, mm-hmm. that individuals, they want to show that that's what's happening. Right. And 
Yeah. It's it's crazy that in this world that we live in that individuals are that it's difficult for individuals to be able to share that because they don't want to look like mm-hmm. they're not the norm. That's right. Yeah. That's absolutely right. I know I know I, c- I can say for me and probably I don't know if you hear this a lot or if you pick up on this a lot. I think that to say anything makes makes the victim feel weak. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. You know, sometimes a victim victim can be so after 27 or 24 or 10 or 5 years, their spirit is so broken mm. that they literally have no energy to deal with anything. Mm. So they just maintain this facade, but it's really breaking their spirit. And by the time they get to shelter, if they do get to shelter, they're they're so downtrodden and mm-hmm. so weak. And our job is to build them back up wow. and, to, and to provide the resources, the counseling to those women that were financially dependent upon their abusers mm-hmm. or stay-at-home mothers. Right. They've never had to work. They've never had to do anything but be at home and look after the children, Mm. look after the house. Once they they come into shelter, it's a whole new world for them. Mm. So that's the scary part. I think that's probably one of the major reasons why they don't leave. Because how am I going to do this? I've never worked. Do you find... Sorry. Do you find that because of their their fear of the unknown i guess mm-hmm. do you do you ever find that the victims go back you know because, yes the mm-hmm. average time for a woman to leave and like come and go is mm-hmm. 7 before they actually leave permanently the average time is 7 mm-hmm. you mean 7 incidents or 7 years Seven attempts to leave. leave. Seven Seven attempts to leave. Wow. And you know what? I can attest to that. I Mm. personally, I can attest to that. Wow. That's amazing. For me me personally, I can say that 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 happened to me. And yes, that's about right. Mm. And it sounds like a lot. But when you're in it, it's a different situation because you have the strength to leave. But then you have second thoughts. And if you can do this by yourself. Right. Until, again, the breaking point comes and you make up your mind that you're going to do it. Mm-mm-mm. I just pray that if there's anyone out there listening now that, you know, I just pray that they're encouraged to not. And, and it's easier said than done, I guess. But I just pray Absolutely. that they're enc- encouraged to not wait for years and years and years before they get to that breaking point. That just breaks my heart. Yeah, it's it's tough to say you sh- we don't we never tell a woman what they should or should not do. Mm-hmm. We always make them make their own decisions. If a woman comes to shelter and decides that she wants to go home, mm. the best thing that we can do for her is safety plan with her. Okay. Okay, we can't tell you to stay, but if you're going home, let's safety plan. Okay. Let's have a plan where if you go home, how are you going to remain safe? Mm. What will you do if something flares up again? That's good. Do you, do you have um, a neighbor, someone you can call? You have a code word that you can use yeah, that's during good. the conversation. Mm. 
mm-hmm. um, so that they will know that you need help. Mm-hmm. Something that we can do to keep you safe while you are in the situation. Awesome. We do get people calling our hotline who they call in and they just want support. Wow. They just want support. They're in it. They're not ready to leave, but they want support. And sometimes just talking to them, safety planning, offering you know, the days of the support groups and the times that we have support groups, mm-hmm. that's what we can do for them until they decide that they are ready to leave. Sometimes there's escalation and slowly we'll see the same, not always, but sometimes the same person will call on a regular basis. Mm. And then all of a sudden they're ready to be sheltered because it's escalated to the point where they actually realize that they're in danger of their, their life. Wow. Yeah. It's deep stuff. Do you see, talking about safety planning for individuals who decide that they want to stay, mm-hmm. do you see any cases where being involved in that process of safety planning builds confidence to the point where they do leave? Or do you see people become dependent on or, or they feel comfortable now that they have that safety planning in place and it makes them stay longer. What what do you tend to see? Well, the the safety plan. I'm thinking back to conversations and safety planning with people, and mm-hmm. they thank me and you know the other crisis workers. And I think for that moment they feel safe mm-hmm. because they have that plan. But during the process of the abuse, it's like it's a flare up. So. Mm-hmm their safe feeling they can go through the whole process of safety planning and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't sometimes they have to leave and sometimes they just go through the safety plan and the next day they start all over again wow this is good stuff yeah this is this is um pretty serious right it is it's pretty deep it is serious because you know the the power and control that that the abusers use. Mm. That's basically what this is all about. It's based on power and control. Right. And usually, you know, abusers are not in control of themselves. They're not in control of their own emotions. Right. They're not in control of their own issues. Mm -hmm. So their only way to deal with that is to control someone else. Right. And that control is just a small part of it. There's so many different, um, there's so many different, spokes to the wheel of abuse yes it is just physical i think one of the biggest myths about abuse is that it's oh he he hits her so he's abusive or she can't be abused because she doesn't have bruises or cuts or scratches there are so many components emotional abuse economic abuse sexual abuse using children that's abuse Mm. threats male privilege intimidation, isolation, all forms of abuse. And that was actually going to, that was, you went right into yeah, the next question. Yeah, that segued right into what we were going to ask. I was okay. going to ask you to to elaborate on the fact that domestic violence is not just physical abuse, but you just covered it all. My, my situation was not physically abusive, but it was very emotionally abusive. Yeah. Um, someone can, you can be abused by your abuser or who your partner, whoever this person may be, mm. has to know everywhere you go. They have to know 
if you're at the store, they, they need to know how long you'll be. They're right. overly, overly jealous. Mm. There are so many components to it. If they put you down or make you feel bad about yourselves, call you names. Mm-hmm. If they try to keep money from you and only allow you so much, mm. exactly what you need. If they cut you off from people. If one day you, you, know, you start dating somebody and everything is roses in the beginning. And then all of a sudden, six months later, one year later, you realize you don't have anyone around you anymore. You've been isolated. It doesn't dawn on you until maybe a year down the road that, oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. I haven't spoken to so-and-so. That slow disconnection from friends and sometimes family, unfortunately, wow. takes place gradually. That is amazing. Very sad. That is. Um, you mentioned you mentioned something in the list that you just gave. You, you said mm-hmm. male privilege. Yep. Elaborate on that a little bit. Well, You know, there are some cultures where it's like I make all the decisions because I am the man and you as the female have no say whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Like the master of the castle, Mm -hmm. treating her like a servant. Um, That, you know, the typical macho type thing, like I'm the man, you do what I say, Mm -hmm. period. No room for conversation. Mm -hmm. That kind of thing as far as male privilege goes. And it's amazing that that is a form of abuse. And 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 I think a lot of a lot of men would not, even though they may see that at some point as an issue, Mm -hmm. they may not categorize that as abuse. abuse. And a lot of 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 ladies wouldn't maybe categorize that as abuse, even though they say, well, hey, this is a problem. I'm not really having a say in this, but not thinking that, hey, all the while I'm being abused. Right. Um, You know, and sometimes it's a cultural thing. If the if the woman has grown up with that culture herself, if her mother was subjected to the same father, uh, to the same behavior by the father, Mm -hmm. then she's going to take that as normal behavior. If she doesn't know any better, she'll think that, okay, this is how it's supposed to be. You know, he, right. he has all the say. I don't have any say. Mm. And then again, there are women who instinctively know deep down in their spirit that this isn't this doesn't feel right. Mm. This doesn't sit right with, with me, but I, I, there's nothing I can do about that. Yeah. But that coupled, that coupled with other parts of the abuse cycle does become a bit too much after yeah. a while. Wow. Amazing. Can I just touch on the sexual abuse part? Absolutely. Yeah, and this is this is really a sensitive subject. And women can be sexually abused by their husbands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They can be. And women, I don't think, uh, men too, actually. Mm. No means no even in marriage. Right. And I know that's a really, really sensitive subject. I do understand that. But um, treating your life wife like a sex object is abuse Mm. physically attacking her making her do things she doesn't want to do is abuse Mm. and vice versa because we do have to remember that men do get abused as well right not just you know around this is just this is i'm i'm speaking about women but men i do have to say do actually get abused as well do you um and i don't know how, how this works with you being a female, but do you get calls into the hotline from men 
And are you able to counsel them? We can counsel men, but I think I've only spoken to one male. And he was in a same-sex relationship. Okay. So I... We do not, um, we can't shelter men because it's an all-women shelter, but there are shelters for men who are abused. Okay, wow. Yep. So We're not looking to male bash, you know, it isn't one of those situations. Right. We're not That's male right. bashing, yeah. it's just fact. Right. Do abusers show any warning signs? Well, <laughs> I'd say yes, but typically when you meet someone, you're, you're not looking for warning signs. You know, everything's nice and rosy in the beginning for the most part. Um, right. But, you know, if if they turn out to be really jealous, um, if they're from, a, if their homes as a children coming up were, if they lived in an abusive home when they were children, mm-hmm. they have a quick, te- you know, they quick tempered, really short tempered. Mm. Are there uh, drugs involved, alcohol, substance abuse? Do they have access to guns or knives, weapons? Mm. And do they expect you to follow every single order? Like they give orders and you jump. Mm-hmm. Do they have mood swings? Are they high one minute, low the next? Right. Do they treat you rough? Are they like unkind or are they abusive to pets? Those are all signs of an abusive person. Mm. And like I say to uh, women who come to group, when you do meet someone, they're not going to show that they're abusive in the beginning because obviously you won't want anything to do with them. Right, right. But usually it doesn't take too long for the true colors to show. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the questions that we ask on the questionnaire is, okay, so how long have you been with this person? How long have you been married? And the second question is, at what point did you first notice the abuse? Mm-hmm. I can say that a lot of the time, it's within the first year. Wow. wow. Yeah, it's within the first year. It's never, oh, five years down the road, he started to become abusive. Hmm. Within the first year, if not less. Now, let, let me ask you this. Based on that uh, statistic, Yeah. would you say that there are red flags that show, I'm going to get a little controversial here, but red <laughs> flags that show before uh, that relationship moves to the next level, so to speak, that individuals, men or women, will ignore for whatever reason? Yes. Um, but, we, you know, yes, there are red flags. If, if, you're, if you date someone and they're very reluctant to talk about their past, or if you know that they've had multiple partners and you know that those multiple partners have had issues, quote unquote. There, there's always a sign somewhere along the line. And you know what? You cannot beat your gut instinct. You just can't beat that. Right. That I think that that's uh, yeah. I think that definitely is worth repeating. Those who are listening, you cannot beat your gut instinct. Yeah. There is a reason that. Women, you have intuition that yes. was given yep. by God. Right. There's yep. a reason, men, that you are built to think logically and mm-hmm. to be able to see things and analyze. Um, you cannot beat your gut. That's a great. Uh, I love it. That's a tweetable quote right yeah. there. I, I agree. A tweet, tweet. I absolutely mm-hmm. agree with that. <laughs> and, you know, if you're I always say if you start to feel uncomfortable. 
on that first meeting, run. Wow. For whatever reason, if there's anything that makes you feel uncomfortable, it could be things that the other half is saying. It could just be anything behavioral that makes you uncomfortable. I can guarantee you there's a reason why you're uncomfortable. Wow. Guarantee it. That's serious. It is. That is serious. I'm I'm looking through some of uh, some of the information uh, that you sent, mm-hmm. and what we're talking about just you know that the behaviors that may easily be dismissed or downplayed, mm-hmm. um, name mm-hmm. calling and threats and possessiveness, mm-hmm. um, distrust. Some of the things you were talking about before: where are you going? How long are you going to be? All those kinds of things. Yep. So many times we look at those as for those of us who don't know much about this topic, so many times mm-hmm. we just look at that as faults mm-hmm. of the individual right, right. or things that they need to work on. Or oh, you need to stop being that way with me all the time. And we dismiss it as those things. Whereas, you know, this is saying that these are signs. They are signs. And that and, these are and- behaviors that um, that are red flag behaviors, if you will. They absolutely are. And, you know, the one thing that comes to mind as you say that all is um, you see the red, you see the red flags, you, you pick up on something isn't right. And women instinctively want to fix men. Right. Absolutely. When they they feel that something isn't right, their instinct is to, oh, I can work with him. Wow. I, I can, I can fix him. Right. We can work that out. Yes. You know, it's that mm-hmm. instinct to fix and to make it right. Right. That's how it turns into one to five to 20 to 27 years because you're still trying to fix him. Exactly. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. And then on the other side, I'm seeing that the, the, the abuser apologizes profusely and, um, tries to convince yep. the person that the things they're doing are out of love. Yep. And, and I can see how that could just turn into, you know, if you're, if you're good, so to speak at yep. abusing that you can turn, you can make somebody feel like, and, and understand your logic, right? Mm-hmm. You know that, oh, okay, this is, this is what he was trying to do. And I understand, you know, and then, and then, kind of victimize yourself or put yourself at in the blame spot by mm-hmm. saying okay i understand what where he or she was coming from and i see how what i did or said made that happen right absolutely absolutely the usually the victim will take on uh literally takes on the role of you know maybe i shouldn't have said it that like that right. or oh it was just the alcohol that made him behave that way right and I always get to um recently I had a conversation with a woman who said but you know he when he drinks he gets like this and when he drinks he he starts yelling so my question was is he also like that when he's not drinking right and she stopped and thought about it she said you know yeah I said so do you realize what you're doing and she said yeah yeah I'm covering for him I'm covering for him I'm I'm Using, I'm blaming the alcohol, but not he. I'm not saying that he should take responsibility for his actions. I'm blaming the alcohol instead of him. Right. Mm. 
That's so basically, she's saying the alcohol. It wasn't. It wasn't him. It, it was wasn't the alcohol. Him, it was the alcohol. Right. Wow. So deflecting the behavior onto something else. Right, wow. and I think that that's you know a lot of this behavior is cope. There are coping mechanisms. There are coping mechanisms. Right. Hmm. Oh, it's Go hard ahead. to accept. You know, you have this marriage or relationship, and it's hard to accept that this person that supposedly loves you and you love them is treating you this way. So with with that being said, to cope with it, you have to blame it on something or you have to take on the blame of I did something wrong. You start to believe that you did something wrong. Mm-hmm. Or you start to believe that you're to blame. Or you start to believe that, oh, I made him mad right. kind of thing. Wow. This is good. This is good information. And and those of you who are listening, even if you do not find yourself in this scenario, this is information that you need to have so that you are able to help someone else. That's it. Um, Absolutely. This is what this is all about. Candid conversations. It's not necessarily to uh, be able to identify with the scenario. If you do, then absolutely. This is the conversation you want to listen to. But even if you don't, you want to equip yourself so that you can be a blessing to someone else. That's right. And so and this think, is important. You know, one important thing to me is um, the young, the teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, teenagers, if they don't have, if they don't have the good role models at home, a lot of our, our young ones are coming from broken homes. Mm-hmm. If they do not have that good, strong foundation they can be abused as well. They can be mm-hmm. abused in high school, middle school, and unfortunately, they're not mature enough to understand that this is abuse. They think it's kind of, oh, he loves me. Right. This is what he does. He loves me. He doesn't, he doesn't want anyone else to talk to me. Right. That's what I was going to say. He doesn't me. want me around anyone else because right. he loves me that much. He wants me to himself. Yeah. Because he loves me that much. Setting themselves up for this controlling and jealousy not realizing that if you're with him two years later it will turn physical yeah absolutely because as they get older and they mature they want to branch out and they're unable to right speaking of of physical um Mm -hmm. i'm gonna get controversial again just looking at the Mm -hmm. dynamics of abuse Mm -hmm. um says that victims of domestic violence do not bring violence upon themselves and um if you remember with the uh, whole Ray Rice uh, situation, yeah. Yeah. Uh, S- Stephen A. Smith came under fire with some comments that he made on ESPN saying that um, we have to, uh, I don't want to really make it up, so let me see what he was saying, just talking about the situation with Ray Rice and saying that, talking about the elements of provocation and, uh, yeah. and that we have to uh, also make sure that we learn as much about the elements of provocation as the issue itself. Right. So absolutely. Basically absolutely. what he was kind of saying was that, you know, sometimes you can in so many words, bring it on yourself or that you can, you know, do some things or act a certain way or uh, provoke certain things in certain people. So kind of talk about that because he started out saying there's no excuse to ever put your hands on a woman. 
So he kind of broached it with that, right? But right. then he, he said, said, you have to make sure that you address them, the, the elements of provocation, because he's basically saying we can try to prevent the situation from happening. So um, that that is kind of like the opposite of what I'm reading here in the dynamics of abuse, because it's saying that victims of domestic violence, they don't bring it upon themselves. So is there any scenario where, and obviously we know the answer to this question, but is there any scenario where you look at a situation and say, Hey, look, you have to stop doing these things as well. You know what? I'll, I have to say that I encountered that. And I don't know if I totally agree with the provocation thing. Mm-hmm. A woman may be trying to defend herself or a woman decide that she had enough and want to fight back. Not the wisest thing to do, but it, it does happen. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure I totally agree with the provocation thing. Okay. Wow. And obviously, there's under no circumstances can we ever justify any abusive behavior. At all. Two wrongs don't make a right. Right. So if someone's being abusive to me and my my retaliation is to abuse them, now we just have now both become abusers. Right. Um, And I'm just saying that to anyone who's listening out there. A lot of times we as human beings, we have we we have the urge to retaliate Mm -hmm. and get even. But provocation does not give you the right or does not give you the green light to retaliate in a way that would be abusive. Not at all. I think the best thing, you know. If you feel like you're being provoca- uh, provoked, walk away from it. Okay. Just I, And I know that's easier said than done for many, many people. Trust me, I do. Yeah. But walk away because you know what? You could be pro- provoking someone who could, you know, push you. Accident- not, I'm not going to say accidentally, but push you. You hit your head and you may not wake up. Mm, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that provocation could turn into an accidental, quote, death mm-hmm. because you, you you were either defending yourself or it was a provocation thing. It can, And these are how fatalities occur a lot of the time. Hmm. Right. I didn't mean to kill her. Right. Wow. Wow. This is this is good. This That's this good. is good. This, um, <clears throat> you know, Marlene, this may actually end up being a, a, a double segment we may have to have you on again um, no worries no worries you just, know it's i think that it's so important to talk about because women are dying every day every day at, at the hands of abusers mm. and it is like my passion to support victims and let mm. them know number one you do not deserve this this treatment whether yeah. you think you do or not mm. you do not deserve it and if they're especially when there are children involved, yeah, please take the children out of the situation. Right, it is not healthy for them. Absolutely, the long the term effects. Trust me when I tell you, there are long term effects. Yeah. If you think they don't know what's happening, they do. Yeah, I can attest to that. So can I. They do. I can. Can attest I just to that. can I play you guys something? Because I know you're getting ready to close out. Can I just play you something? Absolutely, please. 
And I'm sure that you've heard this, but I'm going to play it anyway. Mm -hmm. Hold on. This is in regards to safety planning that I talked about. Mm -hmm. Just take a listen to this. Okay. I'm hoping this will come up because uh, it's really, it's really important to, when I talk about safety planning, Mm -hmm. if a woman follows up on the safety plan or becomes creative on how to uh, get help, I think, and I think some people may have already heard this, but... A brand new powerful PSA concerning domestic violence. It's still opening. Okay. Let me turn this down. And this is a Ray Rice thing too. So it's just, just really important to um, know the details and be prepared. If you think you're in a, a death, domestic violence... Uh, if you think you're in a, in a domestic violence relationship, there are resources out there. during the game. Hold on. Hold on. Ma'am, you've reached 911. This is I think you get the gist of what's going on here. Yeah, I did hear that before. So it's not really coming through on, on my uh, phone right now, but she's been taught to, she's been become, this victim has become creative with calling for a pizza but actually called 911 instead and I'm sure a lot of people have heard that right. but it's just how when we say safety planning that's one of the things we say mm-hmm. find a way to be creative call a friend call 911 you're calling for a pizza okay and he's saying this is 911 right. he picks up that you need help Right. that's how she got help mm-hmm. it can be really creative but let's go to um, the statistics that I gave you guys came from the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. Mm -hmm. And there is a National Domestic Violence Hotline, 1-800-799-7233. For TTY, it's 1-800-787-3224. And for those of you who might have uh, missed that, um, that will be posted if you look in the description of the podcast, you will see that information there as well. Yeah. Yeah. There's help available 24 7, 365. There are always someone manning the phones. If you need help, call. If you just need to talk or think you might be in an abusive relationship, just call. We get calls all the time where uh, victims are scared. They just need to talk. They just need support, and that's why we're there. Mm. And again, that number is 1-800-799-7233 is the hotline, right? That's the National Domestic Violence Hotline. So wherever you are, they will provide you with your closest um, domestic violence uh, resources. Locally, okay. Locally. And TTY, uh, 1-800-787-3224. Okay, yeah, we'll definitely post those numbers. And obviously, if you're in immediate danger, call 911. Right. But awesome. for, for resources and support, you can call the domestic National Domestic Violence Hotline. This is awesome. This is great information. Is really awesome. Let me ask you this. The, the information that you sent us, mm-hmm. um, is, is it, uh, do we have permission to, to put up a link to that? I can find out. Okay. Okay. Yeah, let, I, let, let us know. Um, I, I can find out from... Uh, 
the umbrella that I work under. Okay. And and obviously, you know, leaving names and stuff out, but just some of the stats and Absolutely. You know, the Let uh, me, um, warning call signs the and stuff like local, that. The local umbrella to find out. But I know you can post the phone number. That's a national. But as far as the stats and everything else, I'll find out. Okay. Yeah, Sounds good. Definitely. I hope everyone um, or someone, if we help even one person tonight, my job is done. Your job is done. You guys, I just want to thank you for your ministry. This is definitely your ministry. And I really want to thank you for all the work that you do mm. and you. all the lives that you're blessing. I'm not married yet again, but mm-hmm. I will be one day. Yes, you will, girl. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to be like you guys when I grow up. Amen. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <That's God. laughs> thank you. And we, we are really grateful uh, to have you a, as our guest uh, for this episode. This, this is an important topic, and it's something that so many people deal with. Looking at the stats, it's like, wow, so many people mm. in the world are dealing with this issue and we don't know it. People yeah. that we look at every day, people right. we, people that we associate with right, yep. are dealing with this and we don't know it. And so yeah. it's very important to put it out there that there is help available. There is assistance. There are individuals who are uh, standing by uh, to help you through this uh, mm-hmm. scenario. So we thank you so much for You're being uh, a part of this. And we will have you again because this is not something that we can just cram into 45 minutes. Um, So we will definitely be scheduling. It's a long conversation. Absolutely. We'll be scheduling uh, some more time with you again. So be on the lookout for that. Okay. And just so that everyone knows, this is um, domestic violence, the month of domestic violence um, awareness. So there on the website, there are many postings on how to stay safe. Mm-hmm. You can, you can go to the website National Coalition Against Domestic Violence to look at what you can do to stay safe as well. What's the website? Do you is it uh, www.ncadv.org. Okay. .org. So that's National Coalition Against Domestic Violence.org. Yeah, we'll definitely post that as well so people have it. And that's where the stats came from, so I'm sure that's I mean it's on the web, so Okay. Okay? Awesome. Listen, you are built for this. My Thank sissy. you. I think I am. This is this is you. This is your this is your ministry. And we Well, just... you know, I I thank God for what I've been through because hmm. this is where it's led me. So I look back and I think God is really great because there was never a day back when I was in the situation 15 16 years ago hmm. that I would be empowering other women and talking about my not too much in detail as a facilitator but at least letting them know that i'm here now you can you can move on too you can get out of it yeah and you can relate you can you i can relate yeah it makes a difference it makes a difference amazing this is great really really great this is what this is you're built for this i believe god is showing me you remember i told you that i had a testimony to tell yeah well, yeah, I, I'm, I believe that this is what I'm meant to do. Amen. Amen. Yep. That is there's, excellent. There's something coming up recent uh, in the near future that I never thought would happen. It's, it's my dream job, and it's sort of sitting there, hmm. and it's all, it's all in relation to this work. So wow. God is great. Amazing. He That's answers excellent. prayers, but you know what? He didn't answer it until he knew I was ready. That's it. 
That's, That's right. it right there. Wow. Well, Thank we are we are definitely thankful for having you uh, with us, and we will uh, continue to keep what you and what you do in prayer, yes. and that the individuals that uh, come in contact with you will be blessed as a result, and lives will be changed, and situations will be turned around as a result with their uh, of their interaction with you. Mm-hmm. Thank Amen. you. Good you stuff. guys keep up the good work. And God bless your ministry. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. And as always, those of you who are listening, we want you to connect with us. Marriagesourministry.com. You can connect with all of the social media uh, outlets that we are a part of straight from the website. You can listen to this podcast as well as other episodes on the website as well. Listen, we are thankful for your time. We're thankful that you have chosen to check this episode out please share this episode with all of your network Uh, we want to get this information out into as many people's hands as possible all right so until next time i'm oliver and i'm denise and i'm marlene have a blessed night (laughs) all right take care this has been another episode of candid conversations Make sure you visit www.marriageisourministry.com for more engaging content as well as other ways to connect with Oliver and Denise. Until next time, God bless.